Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Uh, to all our Facebook watchers out there, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Going to do a little bit of a preview here. Obviously, the SEC tournament starts up tomorrow. Auburn does not play in it until Friday. They get that double bye after winning the conference outright as the number one seed. Obviously, a few years ago, back in 2017-18, it was the same deal for them. Uh, they they locked up the number one overall seat there because of their win over Tennessee in that head-to-head. They lost to Alabama in the first round there. Obviously, they're trying to avoid that um, this time around. So, got Mr. Mark Murphy on here. I'll bring Mark in. Mark, uh, we got the All-SEC awards today as well. So, plenty to talk about as the college basketball season completely now um, pivots to the postseason. Um, I guess looking at this Auburn team right now, you know, we'll get into the awards here in a second, but something you were talking about today um, you know, Bruce Pearl is all about history and this team, as you brought up, um, continues to have opportunities to make history because no Auburn team ever has gone down and won the SEC tournament. Obviously they haven't won a bunch of conference championships overall in their history, uh, but they've never been able to do both in the same season. And it seems like this year, I know it's a strong field, especially at the top, um, but they've probably got a pretty good chance to do so. Yeah, that would be very impressive, Nathan, if they could win the uh, league tournament this year and sort of pull off the big double. And uh, I think they got as good a chance as anybody to do it, but it's not going to be easy. I mean, even though they've got the one seed, they got a pretty favorable bracket. Um, Bruce Pearl wanted to play the early games. He's getting his way. They'll start on brunch on Friday. If they win that game, they'll play lunch on Saturday and lunch on Sunday. So uh, gives them the maximum amount of rest between games. You know, playing Friday gives them the maximum amount of rest from uh, playing an early game actually on Saturday. So that'll be fresh by the time they get to uh, tip off on Friday. We'll bring up the SEC awards here. Um, This is the most Auburn's ever done in terms of, we won't go through all the individual um, all SEC teams, but this is the most Auburn's done in terms of the individual awards um, ever claiming three out of the main five, obviously scholar athlete of the year is something that, you know, is very highly recognized, but it's not in that main, you know, on court recognition. Um, no surprises here, really. I, I think maybe you got some Auburn fans that, you know, are giving some love to Wendell Green, a guy like Wendell Green, maybe um, for a sixth man of the year, but Tari Eason, 17 points a game, seven rebounds for LSU. Um, definitely emerged as the front runner there. But, you know, this is the most success we've ever seen this program have in terms of these individual awards. And then on the all SEC teams, um, obviously here, because you see them on the list. Uh, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler both made the first team. That's the first time that Auburn has had two first teamers since Doc Robinson and Chris Porter back in 1999. So tons of success for Auburn here in terms of the individual awards. And Bruce Pearl gets his first coach of the year at Auburn. And 1998-99 was the last time they won the SEC championship outright. And uh, 
that team went to the NCAA tournament as the number one seed. And, uh, you know, that team was uh, Doc, Scotty Pullman, Bryant Smith, Mamadou Njai, Chris Porter, uh, Nate Watson, a lot of players. They just beat the tar out of folks. They won by an average of 20 points a game. And uh, this team was winning by 12 points a game, 12.2, which is really good. But it just shows you how good that 1998-99 team was and how disappointed Auburn fans were when Auburn got upset in the uh, Sweet 16 by Ohio State, who had a guard named Scooney Penn, who just had a fabulous game that night in Knoxville. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't see any really, um, you know, big problems with the All-SEC. Just look at the first team. I mean, everybody on there belongs. JT Note, JD Note of Arkansas has had a fabulous season at guard. Jalen Williams on Arkansas, one of the best big guys in the league. Of course, the two Auburn guys, uh, Oscar Shibway, Kentucky. Um, he's had a uh, one of the best statistical years as a rebounder in uh, college basketball in many years. And you mentioned Tari Eason, certainly deserving of being on the first team, even though he's coming off the bench mostly. Iverson Molinars had a really good year at Mississippi State. Santiago Viscovi, it's much improved over what he was last year. And uh, Tennessee's got four guards playing well. And uh, a couple of those guys got recognized on, on the other teams, too. And uh, Scotty Pippen Jr., uh, who probably be playing pro basketball this time next year, he's the league's leading scorer, and he's the bandy representative. And uh, he's really deserving of it, too. Yeah, we've seen, you know, before, I was talking to somebody earlier today that, you know, oh, winning should matter more. Talking about maybe a guy like a Wendell Green for sixth man of the year. Um, but I mean, Scotty Pippen was the preseason player of the year in the conference and Vandy was picked second to last in the league. Um, a couple years ago, Anthony Edwards was the freshman of the year and Georgia finished second to last in the league. So I really do think they, they did a decent job here. I think, you know, all the individual performances were pretty well recognized. And then for Bruce Pearl, you, again, so many, so many references back to that 99 team this year, you know, the SEC wins, they broke that record. Regular season wins broke that record first outright championship and Auburn gets its first coach of the year. Um, I think some Auburn fans maybe had to jog their memories a little bit to realize that Bruce Pearl didn't win it um, when they were picked to go four and 14 in the league. Um, Tennessee was actually picked second to last in the league that year and then also shared the championship. So that's, that's why it went to Rick Barnes back in 2018. But Bruce Pearl gets his first coach of the year at Auburn and the first since that 1999 team when Cliff Ellis was SEC coach of the year. Yeah. The, um, um, Bruce Pearl in his eighth season at Auburn, he's certainly done a lot of good work. And, uh, you know, he could cement himself as like an Auburn legend if uh, they go ahead and win the SEC tournament this year, and then make another great run to the Final Four. And, uh, you know, he's certainly got a team capable of doing that, but they got to get better in certain areas uh, if they're going to survive and advance in the NCAA tournament. But, and I think that's even the case for down in Tampa. Nathan, uh, you know, they're going to have a tough opening round game, whether it's Florida um, or whether it's Texas A&M. Texas A&M has won five of its last six games and is sort of a strange team. They got off to a great start. They didn't play a lot of tough competition early, but they surprised me. They won, I believe, their first four SEC games. Then they then they just started losing and a lot of, lost a lot of close games, really about the only – close loss in their eight-game losing streak in league play was 
to Auburn uh, at uh, Auburn Arena. And then they bounced back and won and, and finished up really strong to close the season. And then Florida's been Auburn's nemesis. And uh, there he is, second team all SEC, Colin Castleton, guy who's given Auburn problems both times they played. They got to deal with the Gators. They got to deal with Coach Mike White. Uh, Gators like to slow the pace down, play good physical defense. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how many Florida fans show up um, if Auburn ends up playing those guys on Friday. Yeah, I think that could be Kentucky travels really well. Um, although in I have only ever you know been around the program when it, the game has been in Nashville. Got to imagine they'll do the same um, in Tampa. Tennessee usually travels well. Um, Florida, obviously going to be really close for them. I think just because of, you know, hearing Auburn fans, how, how long ago they booked up, you know, tickets for Tampa. seems like maybe if they face off against the Gators, that will be one of the better attended, you know, sessions, um, of the SEC tournament that could really, you know, feel like an NCAA tournament game. But Mark, you said you've got your bracket, um, with you. We're going to pull one up on the screen here. Um, so it's a, it's a fun bracket this year. Um, you know, the, the, the interesting thing, Mark, is that, um, you know, I was talking to Jalen Williams about this today after practice, and this team, nobody from this team has ever played in an SEC tournament game, which is which is bizarre because you, Preston Cook would be really the only one. Um, but they said that's something they've talked about this week. He he didn't play during that uh, during that Final Four season that that run um, down in the SEC tournament in Nashville, and so nobody on this team because last year obviously you had the postseason ban. And before that, nobody got to play. So this is their first crack at it um, as a team. Obviously, you've got a bunch of new guys, too, that haven't had an opportunity to play in the tournament as well. And it's a bit of a departure, obviously, from the usual when you're talking about it, um, usually being in Nashville. But, <clears throat> Mark, I, I get the sense maybe you're leaning Florida a little bit, maybe not. Um, let's just talk about that game a little bit, that Florida-Texas A&M matchup um, and who might be Auburn's most difficult opponent out of those two. Um, for me, the guy you mentioned, Colin Castleton, is a big reason why. Number one, because he's matched up really well against not Walker Kessler. Number two, Walker Kessler might not be 100%. He's probably he's still wearing that brace. He's not 100%. Um, and so that becomes an even more intriguing matchup. I think when you're talking about Auburn, maybe that's the team of those two they would least like to say, like to see, even though they're the lower seed here technically than Texas A&M. Right, yeah. You know, the Aggies, Quinn Jackson is really playing great right now. He's probably one of the hottest players in the league. He's a guard. Uh, he's scoring against everybody. Um, you know, he's the SEC player of the week to close the season. And I'm not convinced the Gators are going to get past them. They're, Florida's tough to figure out. I've watched them going back, I guess, into November or whenever it was, and they, they uh, played down at Fort Myers. And they beat Ohio State when Ohio State was riding high. And uh, but I've seen Florida play some bad games, and I think Florida had the worst loss in the SEC this season, losing at home to Texas Southern, which I think at the time Texas Southern hadn't won a game. So mm -hmm. uh, I mean, it's a mystery to me who's going to come out of that game. And I know Auburn's been preparing for both teams in practice. So, uh, but I think Auburn certainly got the right stuff to advance. Uh, past the Gators or Texas A&M in that quarterfinal matchup. Yeah, especially because talking about a guy like Kessler, um, but just the team overall, it was getting to the point at the end of the regular season where you've just been playing so many games. And for Auburn, you were getting everybody's best shot every single game, especially on the road. 
Um, those turned into some brutal games. Talking about Arkansas went to overtime. Mississippi State went to overtime. That Florida game was very physical. Um, so, you know, Auburn started to get beat up a little bit down the stretch. Walker Kessler really the only injury, you know, actual injury per se um, that was really going on at the time. But for Auburn, you, you love to get that double by. You mentioned it earlier. Bruce Pearl really is glad to have the early games makes thing makes things easier from a scouting you know perspective. If you win that game, you have pretty much the whole day to kind of look ahead <clears throat> to your next opponent. I think most are probably looking to staying on Auburn's side of the bracket. Um, most likely LSU moving up, LSU the five seed um, to play Arkansas. That's a game that we just saw you know a week ago, week and a half ago um, that LSU almost won in Fayetteville. LSU is a lot like Florida where, I mean, obviously they're a lot better. They're going to the tournament for sure. It's a tricky team to figure out. It's a team that that really struggled when they didn't have Xavier Pinson at point guard, um, struggled on the offensive side of the ball. But if that ends up being the matchup for Auburn that, you know, if they, if they're able to get past Florida or, or Texas A&M, um, it's going to be a great defensive matchup. But I think the one, the Auburn players might want a little bit more. Some comments Depp Jasper made this week. Um, is that Arkansas game really getting a rematch of that, of that game um, that they lost in Fayetteville. And that might be the hottest team in the sec. One of the hottest teams in the country. I know they lost at Tennessee, but I think they won what 12 out of their last 14 games of the regular season. Yeah. 14 to 16. Yeah. So um, I think, you know, in terms of a matchup, I think Auburn, you know, they've already got the win over LSU. Maybe they'd feel a little more comfortable with that. Um, But in terms of buildup, there's just been a lot of friction building between, Auburn and Arkansas and the fan bases ever since that game. Um, so if that ends up being one, uh, if that ends up being the game, Auburn versus Arkansas in the semifinals, I think that'd be a really, really good one. Oh, I agree. You know, I'd pay good money to go watch that game because uh, you're right. I think the Auburn players really want to beat Arkansas um, after the Razorbacks ended the winning streak out there in overtime. And, you know, Auburn, it was amazing. Auburn played one of its poor games of the year still almost found a way to win out there. Yeah. And uh, so Jalen Williams is a really great matchup uh, for Walker Kessler. He's 6'11". He's athletic. He's a smart player. He hustles. He can force Kessler out away from the basket because he can hit uncontested three-point shots. And then you got J.D. Note, who uh, – one of the toughest one-on-one covers there is in the SEC. And I'm curious to see um, if this team, if this matchup happens, if Zepp Jasper gets a chance to do his thing against J.D. Note because Zepp was ill when they played out there at uh, Fayetteville. And so he was having to watch that game from home on television. So uh, that that should be really interesting. The other side of the bracket's got some good games too. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who's going to advance for sure. What oh, – one thing I do think I can we can count on is um, the bottom half opening game between Georgia and Vanderbilt. Neither of those teams are going to go very far. Yeah, I think out of those four, you're looking at the obviously Georgia, the 14 seed, this you know stumbling to the finish line. Tom Crean today, um, the AJC reported that he's out. That's it's not a blockbuster, of course, um, but they're going to you know obviously they're going to finish out the season tomorrow, and then Missouri. And Ole Miss, they played shortly before the season ended on the other side. I think Vanderbilt, out of those four, is probably the only one that could really give anybody trouble. You look at, they would they would play Alabama, the sixth seed, um, in the next game. When they play well, they almost beat Florida at home. Uh, they choked that game away, though, at the end of the season. Um, when they play well, obviously, they, they had a good spurt there at Auburn. 
Um, but when you're looking at that other side now, Mark, you know, obviously Tennessee and Kentucky are the high seeds there. Most people would expect that to be um, the semifinal matchup, and that would be fantastic. Both of those teams won the respective games on their home floors this season. Let's say Vanderbilt advances, obviously, past Georgia. Out of those four in that middle for the other side, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Alabama, um, which of those four teams do you think has the best opportunity of of giving the top seed some trouble? If you just look at them physically, Nathan, it'd be Mississippi State. But for some reason, Mississippi State just doesn't get it done. I mean, it's a beautiful-looking team, big, athletic, um, good players at a variety of positions, but they have this one huge Achilles heel that is a big one, and they can't make three-point shots consistently. And uh, they end up losing a lot of close games because of that. So Alabama, who knows what those guys are going to do. I mean, they're all over the place. Uh, Their defense is generally not real great. And – and so if they run into a team that's shooting well, like Texas A&M was the other day when they played in Tuscaloosa, they're in jeopardy of losing. But you know, Alabama's got perhaps the best non-conference win um, of any SEC SEC team this year going out to Seattle. It was allegedly a, a neutral side game, but it wasn't because almost all the fans there were Gonzaga fans. And not only did they win, they just wiped them out out there and uh, – that's still the number one team in the country right now. So, uh, you know, I would think Alabama's most likely to advance. And I, uh, and I think, you know, South Carolina has got a possibility uh, of getting to the quarterfinals. You know, they played much better later in the season. When Auburn first played South Carolina, they had all kinds of problems. They had yeah. illnesses. They had injuries. Uh, I remember Frank Martin saying they weren't able to even have normal practices there for a couple of weeks. And they had some games they were scheduled to play get canceled. So uh, <clears throat> I think he's done a really good job of regrouping that bunch. We were talking about this today or, or somebody brought it up on the zoom call um, with Bruce Pearl. You and I are by no means bracketologists, of course, and we just look at what everybody else says, but um the assumption was made in a question to Walker Kessler that you guys have locked up a, a one seed. You know, what what motivation is there now? Um, you look around the brackets, that's that's obviously not true. Um, you know, Kentucky could jump them. Kansas could jump them. I think Auburn's the fourth in most brackets. Auburn's the fourth number one seed right now. Um, but I think this team probably, you know, you would talk to a couple of players about it today, their motivation going down to Tampa after winning the regular season. They've probably got plenty of it because number one, you want to get that number one seed. You know, like Bruce Pearl's been saying all season, we, they want to be continually rewarded for everything that they've done this year. They want the payoff. You know, the number one seed obviously helps you out. But also, as Jabari Smith said, this team's already won a championship. That doesn't mean they're going to get complacent. In his words, he said, that means we know what it feels like. It feels great. <laughs> it feels good to win a championship. We want to go down there and win another one. So I, I don't think this team will be lacking in motivation uh, just because they're the one seed, just because seemingly, you know, they, they've already accomplished a lot. Um, they're going to be playing for, they're still jockeying for positioning in the NCAA tournament, even with, you know, only five days till selection Sunday. Yeah. The uh, sports writer who asked that question is a really good one, but uh, he was out in left field with that comment that Auburn's got a number one seed locked up. Cause no, that is not even close to being accurate. Uh, you know, Auburn's got work to do in uh, Tampa. If it's going to get out get out of there with a one seed. I don't necessarily think they have to win the SEC tournament, but I would think they probably need to get yep. to the finals to um, 
do it. And they, they would probably have to play well in the finals because uh, there's a bunch of teams out there that are candidates for one seeds right now, Nathan. Yeah, I think I think a one one win in Tampa probably gives you a pretty good shot of being a one seed. And like you said, two wins. You get get to Sunday, you know, you might play you're gonna play somebody like Tennessee or, or Kentucky probably. They're on a roll right now. You know, who knows whether they'd actually win that game. But I, I would think two two games would give you um a pretty good opportunity there. Right now you look at bracket matrix, um, which is a combination of a hundred plus brackets kind of into a composite. Yeah, Auburn's the fourth number one seed. By the way, Alabama continually perplexing. Baylor and Gonzaga will probably be the number one and number two overall seed, and Alabama beat um, both of those teams this season. But then they, you know, they go and lose to somebody like Georgia. Um, but then, so in the rest of the matrix, Kansas is the first two seed, followed by Kentucky, you, followed by Duke. After that, you think Duke is probably, unless they go on some kind of run and look really good, it's probably between those. You know, Kansas and Kentucky are going to, you know, be sort of sort of lying in the lying in the wings, you know, waiting to, to jump up and try to, um, you know, take over that fourth number one spot. So it's probably between those three teams now, Auburn, Kansas, and Kentucky. Um, you'd think Baylor, Gonzaga, and Arizona. And if you look at the points, I know I, I keep referencing visual mediums and some of y'all listen to this on a podcast. That's not a great idea. But um, those those three have probably locked it up. Um, so Auburn, Kansas, and Kentucky, a lot of that is going to depend on um, the next week. Mark, you, you said you're probably heading down maybe tomorrow, maybe the next day. Um, I'll be down soon, heading to Tampa. Really looking forward to getting back and and getting in the tournament setting. It's been a little bit um, for us covering this team in a setting like that, of course, because of the postseason stuff that we mentioned. What are you looking for in terms of looking ahead to Selection Sunday? Obviously, the stakes are real right now, but after this, they get really, really real. Um, I guess what are you looking for in this team in terms of how they play? Uh, maybe some individual you know, guys that need to step it up. What are you going to be watching in this team in Tampa that'll make you a little bit more comfortable with where they are going into uh, going into the NCAA tournament? Yeah, Nathan, there's probably several things to watch for in Tampa to get a good gauge on how Auburn might do in the NCAA tournament. When they the Tigers have played their best basketball, they've made the extra pass. They haven't necessarily taken the first shot available. Uh, they've taken the second, third, or fourth shot and, and work for a good one and try to play in rhythm. And, uh, you know, the more they share the ball, the, the better they play. And, uh, you know, you can go overboard with it, too. You don't want to be rushing them one up at the shot clock when you've waited too long to take one. And they got in a little stretch there uh, midway in the season when they were taking too many shots at the end of the shot clock. But in general, when they play their best basketball um, – They've scored in transition for their early baskets, either off a steal or off a rebound and getting it and going, or they've you know taken a, taken a little bit of time and set up a couple good picks, run their offense. They got a variety of different plays and gotten somebody a good look at the basket. And they you know when they're really playing well, you know they get these open three point shots not too far behind the line, or they get like pick and rolls and, and get the ball to Kessler or somebody else inside for a really high percentage shot. Um, the other, the big thing to watch is rebounding. You know, they just got killed on the boards over at Mississippi State in the last road game on the boards. They managed to win that game in overtime. They, they just, you know, haven't rebounded well at all the last three games at Tennessee. That was a huge problem and probably – was the reason why they lost up at Knoxville. They did a lot of things uh, less than 
uh, stellar as far as their overall performance, but the rebounding was just too much to overcome. And even at home in the regular season finale against a South Carolina team that they out-rebounded up in Columbia over the season, they were minus one in rebounding margin. And for a long time, Auburn was one of the leaders in the league in rebounding margin and was even ahead of Kentucky when in rebound margin uh, for conference play. And Kentucky's certainly been great in rebound margin. So those are the things to look for, in my opinion, Nathan. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you can see the past couple games, maybe two, three, four games, maybe a concerted effort to get back to that high pick and roll um, with Wendell Green and Walker Kessler. Um, I thought that was such a big part of their offense, especially during that winning streak in the early stages of SEC play. Bruce Pearl has said it all season, or toward the end of the season, really, that um, people start keying in on the half-court offense. It, it gets harder for everybody because you know the scouts are out. People figure out how to defend it a little better. But maybe there's a glimmer of that right now. I think they had a little more success with it. Um, Tennessee, they had a little bit Mississippi State and South Carolina. They were running it um, a little bit better. I mean, that Alabama game where they scored 100, they were doing that like every other possession. Um, so that's, that's not the bread and butter of the offense, but it's certainly something um, that worked really well, very rhythmic for those two. Um, Walker Kessler, obviously, that's when he's at his best. We'll see how healthy he is. Obviously, that's going to be something we'll be watching as well. And then for me, I, I'm interested still to see how much farther can Jabari Smith go. It seems like he's already turned the corner from being a great player to a superstar. Um, you know, 25 points per game over his last six games um, in the regular season. You know, if he wasn't an All American before the last three weeks of the season, he completely locked that up. Obviously, freshman of the year in the SEC was was no contest with him. Um, and, you know, th those number one overall pick conversations, they hadn't faded away, but, you know, they weren't as hot, you know, there for a little bit. He, he's he's brought those back with a vengeance. And so Auburn thought two years ago it was going to get to see its eventual top five pick in Isaac Okoro, what he could do in the postseason. The stars come out in March. Players like that always seem to have big impacts for their team. We saw it with Chumo Kiki on the Final Four team. Um, so now Auburn will finally get to see, you know, it's its best player um, on the biggest stage. So I'll be interested to see how he performs in the postseason as well. So, um, Mark, thanks so much for uh, for hopping on today. That was a fun conversation. Thank you so much to everybody um, on Facebook who tuned in to this live stream um, talking about Auburn basketball. Obviously, it's about to be a really good week, um, a really fun week for them down in Tampa. Uh, their first game is on Friday. Like uh, like we were talking about, they'll play the winner of Texas A&M Florida. That game will be on ESPN at 11 a.m. Um, on Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time. So, uh, so if you're at work, you know, find an excuse. Get go ahead and get on your company Wi-Fi now. Um, that way you have a that way you have the ability to do that. Um, and like we were talking about, it's such an advantage the early game. Um, Texas A&M and Florida they are the first game of the day Thursday. So Auburn will have the entire day of practice um, on Thursday. They'll be doing an on-site practice there in Tampa. They'll have that entire day to scout and prepare for that team. Texas A&M in Florida, whoever wins that game. Um, so should be a really fun week. Mark and I will be coming at you guys with all kinds of um, stuff. Hopefully we can do some more podcasts and some more live streams from down there in Tampa. Um, really, really excited to get down there and cover this team. Um, and we'll see if they can make another deep run as they did a couple years ago. So thank you so much for listening. The intro and outro music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can find him Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next time, we will catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the basketball this week. Mm -hmm.